I am unapologetically black. I am unapologetically a woman. I am unapologetically unbothered. And do you see how my head's moving? Because that's what I do when I'm saying it. Like I'm unapologetically unbothered. I am unapologetically free. Hello and welcome to Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design, how we live, the clothes we choose, and how we organize our space. I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, a certified KonMari consultant and personal stylist. I'm here to guide you on your journey to live a happy, fulfilled life. Every Tuesday, you'll get new insight on what it means to live well, plus actionable tips. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. Our guest today is entrepreneur April Thatch, and she has quite a story to tell. Hear how April beat the odds, became a multi-six-figure earner, fled her corporate job, and found her true passion, helping introverted women who crave boundaries and balance confidently use their voices. Joy is an essential part of April's new narrative for herself and her clients. Hear how 2020 is unexpectedly her all-time favorite year. And there's true power in being unapologetically you. April, welcome. What a pleasure. I'm so delighted to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Yes. And to give listeners a little bit of background, we met a couple months ago online in a Zoom breakout room. How very 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was part of an amazing online event called Impacting Millions Live, which is hosted by Selena Sue. And I know I've mentioned Selena on this podcast before and she's my main business mentor and through her I'm connected with all sorts of amazing entrepreneurs like you April (laughs) (laughs) and then you know these zoom breakout rooms have time limits so I saw there was like 10 seconds left and I think I quickly said oh do you want to be a guest on my podcast and (gasps) and then I said (gasps) and then back in the main room I had like my (laughs) you know face <laughs> i'll never forget i still have that image seared in my mind of you that kind of surprise delight as the call ended <laughs> yeah that but yeah I, I remember that as well and you have the real hero's story too you have such an inspiring backstory you've done it all <laughs> the teen single mom you spent as you say about a decade in postgraduate education while working your way up the corporate ladder you became a six-figure earner and then found freedom really through entrepreneurship you're the american dream isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well so that's a cliff notes version yeah so so as you mentioned yes i was a, a single teen mom i got pregnant At 16, my son was going to go up for adoption at the very last minute. I'm like, I can't do this. I I definitely don't think that I can be a mother, but I know for a fact that I cannot give this child up for adoption. And yeah, I spent nearly a decade in college, like straight through earning three college degrees and doing, you know, postgraduate research and working my way up to corporate ladders and ended up in risk management and sanctions and finance, which, you know, achieving this proverbial six-figure success as a woman at that time, I mean, I was in my late 30s 
when I hit the multi six figure mark and let alone achieving that level of, you know, air quote success, because success to me is a very subjective term and it is not necessarily associated with money for everyone. But I hit, you know, as you mentioned, the American dream. And as a single mom, a teen mom, to be in the position that I was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. Except I was overworked. I was emotionally spent. So I ran away. I tell people like I ran away from work. I fled my career in pursuit of time and emotional freedom. I was a workaholic and not in the lighthearted sense that you use when someone works a lot. I could not and did not function without work. I just worked and worked and worked. I could not establish those boundaries. And so I just ran away from work. But as I often say, your shadow is with you everywhere you go. Like our shadow potentially is always there. It's just the light that needs to be shined on it. So of course I brought my workaholic ways into my life as an entrepreneur and I'm seeing the same stressors and anxieties and behaviors presenting themselves in my life as an entrepreneur. And before I ruin this and, you know, receive some type of residual emotional trauma from being an entrepreneur, I need to take a step back. So I took six weeks off of being an entrepreneur. And that's where I discovered like true enjoyment and my purpose. And as a result of my experience in corporate and life experience and even being an entrepreneur, I am left with this deep understanding of the unique challenges that entrepreneurs face. You know what? Hold on a second. That's my ice maker. It's been acting up. Let me turn it off. It, oh God, <laughs> it, it just started doing that, which is weird. It's like this super fancy pants fridge that I have and it does all of these things but it just started making this loud noise when it would drop ice and and it woke me up out of my sleep oh, <laughs> another no. day like there's someone in this house but you know <laughs> anyway okay so as a result of my corporate life and even entrepreneurship experiences it left me with this deep understanding of the unique challenges entrepreneurs face when they move from a nine to five employee to a business owner. But my heart is to serve my people, which are introverted women entrepreneurs that deal with boundary and balance issues because there are so many unimaginable opportunities to live an abundant, meaningful life when this special type of woman is introduced to joy. Okay, so let me tell you this. I love alliterations and acronyms. So I, I will create an acronym <laughs> whenever possible. So, so to me, joys stand for jewels of you. So a jewel is defined by Webster's, <laughs> you know, so that's a person or a thing that's treasured and esteemed and that is considered indispensable. And so when you are introduced to that value, the treasure, 
seeing yourself as indispensable and irreplaceable, we are a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And yeah, in terms of failure, I think entrepreneurs have a unique relationship with failure because it's not necessarily how the rest of society views it. It's part of building a business. You see those little failures or pivots or adjustments, whatever you want to call them, that everyone has to make to improve their product or offer. And I'm just wondering, how did you look at failure in corporate America compared to how you view it now as an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a good question. Especially in the United States, we are motivated by fear. You may wake up a little bit late or get a slow start. You already have knots in your stomach because you don't want to get to work late. If you get to work late, they keep a tally of that and you are in fear of this growing tally that could potentially reflect badly on you at review time. So you're not going to get a raise. You're not going to get your bonus. You're not going to get a promotion. You're not going to get the recognition. We are highly motivated by fear in corporate. And when you remove those stressors and pressures, what does it mean for you? What does your workday look like? What does success look like for you? I know that if I'm working for myself, that my skill set commands a particular price point. So I know that you are getting a value by hiring me. Tell me why I should come work for you. What value are you giving me? And I encourage people to walk through life that way. Know who you are and know how valuable you are. So again, when you start to shift your perspective from the well-known measures that money and monetary things are synonymous with success. Now, let me say this. I have had money and I have not had money. And although, as the saying goes, money does not buy happiness, but it does make misery a lot easier to endure. <laughs> yes. And I think it's so important to stick up for yourself and see your own value and take the time to realize what that is, even if you're working in the corporate world to kind of shift the power balance in some ways. <laughs> And I only worked in the corporate world for 15 months in my early mid 30s. Yes. And the thing that really horrified me was the whole TGIF mentality, which I had not come across before. So I just felt like people were, were wishing their lives away, which just seems so unfortunate. And they don't talk about the angst that creeps in on Sundays. So you really have one day which is why people, I think, don't, <laughs> they don't get much done. <laughs> so think about it. You've got Friday. You know, people, they, they like to unwind in whatever way works for them. This is no judgment zone. But they have that mentality like, oh, this week was so hard. So you are decompressing on Friday into Saturday. But let's just say magically you wake up on Saturday and you have no thoughts about work at all. But definitely by Sunday afternoon, early evening, you know, those butterflies, or as I call them, the bubble guts. <laughs> but the bubble guts start to show up because you're nervous about 
man, I got to go back to work tomorrow. And then you have to hype yourself up. I, I have cried in the parking lot at work, before work, on the way to work. I've cried during my lunch hour in my car in the parking lot because I felt as if I was going to explode just being so quiet, keeping all of my emotions at bay, smiling when I didn't want to, yeah. things like that. Oh, you know what? Hold on. My dog is at the door. She's 14. Let me let her out really fast. <laughs> Roxy, okay, mommy. Hold on. Okay, come on now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, let me take your coat off. Come here. Okay, well, keep it on then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my little dog, she's so sweet. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was wondering if someone feels dedicated to living the corporate dream and they have those bubble guts feelings and feel like they're kind of TGIFing their life away in some ways, what advice would you give them? Take more time for self-care. That's something that's a novel concept to us in the U.S., <laughs> and because I live here, I don't know if it's novel, to other people, but it's like that. that's become a buzzword. Things that people do, like self-care, that is such a, a simple thing, but it is hard to wrap our heads around here in the U.S. because we are taught to give and taking is bad. Self-care is akin to being selfish, but... You have to shift your perspective. And I am not anti-corporate. Corporate was good to me. The way that I am designed is incompatible with corporate. But if you start to feel that, take a look and see, do you enjoy what you do? If you don't, it's really okay to figure out what it is that you do enjoy. Take up a hobby. Do what we call here side hustles. Start a business and even do it amongst family and friends, not necessarily something that you're going to be financially compensated for, but you cannot put a price on realizing that you don't enjoy doing something and having the ability to not do it. If you want to take a vacation, take the vacation. Don't be so caught up in the corporate grind that you completely lose yourself neglect yourself and neglect the valuable relationships in your life, even if that's just the relationship that you have with yourself. So there's a thing that I do. I say, well, when I'm coaching clients, so what advice would you give to yourself? So if you had a friend that was coming to you saying, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way, what would you say to them? Take your own advice. <laughs> Encourage yourself to take your own advice. That's a simple but very powerful concept. Absolutely. So along those lines, do you have a lifestyle philosophy or mantra that helps you hashtag live your best life? <laughs> yes. Okay. My joy inventories. So I regularly do something called a joy inventory and as someone who previously struggled with, and, and frankly, I still do struggle uh, sometimes with balance and, and boundaries, establishing them, saying yes to things that I do not want to do, that's a slippery slope for me. So that's when I bring in 
my secret weapon, the joy inventory. So it's very simple. I ask myself, I say, April, well, I actually say, look, girl, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I'm able to do something, do I have to do it? Do I need to do it? And do I want to do it? And depending on my answers, I'm not doing it. It's extremely important to me because again, that is what landed me in the emotional state that I was in for many years, which is not exercising my right to say no and not feeling bad if I did tell someone no, because it it is easy to say no. You know, no, yes. it's, that's easy, right? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but when I started saying no, guess what happened? People will respond with, oh, okay, well, thanks anyway. And then that's it. (laughs) And I I realized, whoa, hold on. (laughs) No one cares besides me. And I'm caring in an unhealthy way. And so I had to become emotionally okay with saying no, because the work begins after the no. So that's what I regularly ask myself when I take joy inventories, just because I'm able to do it. It does not mean that I have to do it. It does not mean that I should. And it does not mean that I want to. So Exactly. That's so important. <laughs> I love exercising your right to say no, exercising your right to joy with the joy yeah. inventory. And something I really love about the KonMari method, which is essentially I've turned into the whole heart of also in pink of my business, is really creating that vision for yourself of how you want to live, of what your ideal life looks like. And then that puts into perspective what you surround yourself with and what sort of work you want to do, thinking of who you are now and who you want to be and what you want to carry with you into the future, I think is all part of that, really. Would you say that you have a vision for what your ideal life looks like? My ideal life was supposed to be 2020. Now it's going to be 2021. But all the stars had aligned in in 2020. Time and emotional freedom, check. Financial freedom, discretionary income, check. You know, I brought on a team, a small team, but automations and being able to delegate tasks, check. My business can run. If I stepped away, I was so excited. But as many people experienced a lot of plans and events got shut down, canceled, just so much changed. And so 2021 now will be my ideal life, which is traveling. I love my life. I wake up in the morning in a place of gratitude. So I have a rug that's right by my bedside table that has the word thankful on it. So my feet touch the ground, just being so thankful and that's what I see. My room is absolutely just adorable. I love, love, love waking up in my room and going to sleep in my room every night. It just makes me so happy. And I love my house. I love my neighbor. (laughs) I love all my rose bushes. I love my plants and my garden. I am living the dream, except you notice everything was my house, 
this in my house, that in my house. Like I, I really had planned to, which is huge for me to take time away from my everyday, which again, I love, but to treat myself and spoil myself and reward myself with retreats in Puerto Rico and Costa Rica and Brazil. And I wanted to go to Asia and Europe and all of these things, but you know, hashtag COVID. So, but you know what? COVID is getting the rap for everything. Like, COVID, <laughs> like, no, wait a minute. At this point, I don't think you can blame that on COVID. But as soon as I feel comfortable enough to travel, even if it goes into 2022, whenever, because I'm not putting pressure on myself, but that is what my ideal life will look like, adding travel to my ready full life. Brilliant. Well, let's hope it can happen sooner rather than later. COVID has certainly uprooted a lot of our lives this year, but I think it does have its positives as well and that it enables you to really, again, take a look at how you're living and perhaps make some changes if that's possible for you. But would you say that you've had any kind of lockdown realization that's changed your perspective or your priorities? Oh, yes. So first, I have obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. So not in the, you know, some people use it in a, you know, like, oh, that's OCD. No, no, no. I, I was actually diagnosed and take medication for it. I live my entire life being acutely aware of all of the combinations and permutations of... <laughs> germs and contamination <laughs> and how many people have touched this and sat in that seat. That is how my brain is wired. And I've just learned to live within a world that saw that as odd and strange. I have hand sanitizer everywhere for years. Like since hand sanitizer came out, I've had it present. Could you hold on a moment? That is my dog. She needs her water refilled. Can you hear that? She gets really sassy, like scratching at her. She's so, one moment. See that? You are being so high strung today. I'm trying to do an interview. Oh my goodness. She, oh my God, this dog. She has so, she has such a strong personality. <laughs> okay, so, so so anyway, as I was saying, when I first left corporate, because again, I ran away. I say left, but I, I ran away from work. And because I did not leave properly, and, and by properly, I mean emotionally for me. I just ran off and, and left everything behind. I had a sudden onset of agoraphobia, which was very trippy for me. I like being at my house, <laughs> but it, it was like a vampire movie. I could not cross the threshold of my back door to go to the backyard. I could not go past a certain point in my front yard. It was frightening and very unexpected and just bizarre. But the point is, I was self-quarantining 
I had kind of gone through and worked through all of these things in 2019. So I was not that far removed in 2020 (laughs) when we had the quarantine. I'm like, oh, okay. So just wait wait a minute. I could have got my money back. I spent thousands in co-pays with my psychiatrist. Hold on. (laughs) And also living in a world where I was the odd person out and feeling for the first time in my life, freedom and ease and a word that I don't use very often, but I was carefree. There was sanitizer everywhere. People were wiping carts down the way that I normally, like I'm that lady wiping down the shopping buggy with two and three wipes. As a matter of fact, I'm, I have spare wipes, you know, in my reusable <laughs> bag because just in case they're out, like I don't want to touch things. And people would be tapping their foot like, okay, lady, hurry up. But people were living in my existence. So for the first time in my life, and I'm not saying that in a hyperbolic way, I was completely carefree. And I said, pause, is this how the rest of the world lives? Is this how people go through life? So I realized that, yeah. Taking the joy inventory told me that I don't like one-on-one coaching for extended periods of time. I like talking and like teaching and facilitating in larger groups or even larger audiences. And so that's why I'm doing this podcast and any others that I'm going to pony up to. <laughs> because you, your invitation actually gave me the confidence to do it. And I was oh, mentioning in the Facebook group about amazing. how excited I was that I was asked to be on the podcast. I love the photo you sent, by the way. It's amazing. So I've been sitting on counters. Would I do that in my house? Never. But apparently that's a pose. Like, that's how you know you've made it when you have brand <laughs> photos sitting on counters. I've got like five <laughs> pictures of myself sitting on counters. And like tables, counters, everything. They're like, yes, we should do one up there. And I'm like, oh, I don't, butts don't go. I'm I'm like, this is not my house. Would I sit on my own counter or table? My goodness, no. But you know, that's like the influencer's pose. So yeah. Well, you're living it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was sitting on on the table in a coffee house yesterday. I'm being dead serious. Like that's just the thing. They want you to hop up on stuff. it's, It's quite bizarre. I just go with it. Imagine if you live the life you really want. You know, your dream life. Have you ever taken time to picture what it would look like? I mean, what it would really look like? We're not talking about the life you feel you should have, but deep down, the life you secretly want. Your ideal life. Maybe you already have a vision. You wake up after a good night's sleep on the most comfortable mattress ever, with pillows that support your head just the way you like. You go to your organized closet and choose colorful, unique clothes that fit you and make you feel good. Then pad through a clean, warm, uncluttered home to the kitchen. Your refrigerator offers up the most delicious, healthy options for breakfast and you have a day of unstructured time stretching ahead of you to do with as you like, but... 
That's never going to happen, right? Hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to take a step back, sweep aside all your worries, and imagine that's where I come in? I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, and I've developed an exclusive questionnaire for the Also in Pink community to help you create a vision of your ideal life. Simply join the Also in Pink email list and you'll get instant access to our Ideal Lifestyle Vision questionnaire. Go on then. Make a cup of your favorite tea or whatever floats your boat. Go to alsoinpink.com and click Start Now. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. So April, I'm curious to learn a bit more about your personal style journey. And you come across as this radiant, vibrant, confident person. And I wonder, have you ever felt pressure to embrace a style that doesn't feel true to you? And, you know, as a black woman living in America, have you felt pressure to dress or look a certain way or style your hair in a certain way? Oh, yes, yes. So um, I have a very interesting relationship with personal style. All through adolescence into early adulthood, I would wear these oversized, like sports clothes. I wore a lot of hoodies. I still have a lot of hoodies. I wore a lot of sneakers and button-up shirts, but just 10 sizes too big. It was like a cocoon for me, and it surrounded me and allowed me to act as if I was comfortable and act as if I did have self-assurance and was unaffected by the teasing or the name calling for having this deep voice. Fun fact, when I spoke, I spoke with this voice. And, and I mean that, imagine a toddler with a husky, raspy voice. So first of all, being a black woman of a, mm, the older I get, the more abundant my assets become. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the proverbial Coke bottle hourglass shape. So I have been blessed. I thought it was a curse when I was younger, but now I love it as I come into my feminine energy and, and have embraced that. But I didn't like attention. So I learned to do things that didn't draw attention to myself so that I could avoid the cat calls and the comments. But in corporate, there's a particular uniform, color palettes and hairstyles, this unofficial dress code, again, to avoid drawing undue attention to ourselves and add to that being a Black woman of copious assets <laughs> physically. I am aware that you know, I can draw attention with things, but I also was not free to express any type of blackness, for lack of better terms. Something that I have done since leaving corporate is I wear my hair however I want to. If that means that it's down, if it's big, oh well, you know. I mean, sometimes like I, <laughs> I put it in a top knot and it's like, I have to like finagle to get in the car, like, you know, <laughs> or it's sitting on the roof of my SUV because I got so much hair here, you know, um, nail polish. I discovered that there is an entire nail polish palette out there outside of French manicures. I recently have gotten into statement tees and like sweatshirts and things. 
when I went and voted in our recent uh, U.S. election here, presidential election, I wore good vibes and thick thighs. Like that's what my shirt said. <laughs> and 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 I offended a woman in my favorite store ever. Everyone knows me in my neighborhood, Trader Joe's Market. I love love Trader. Oh, Trader Joe's. I oh my goodness, I love them. Shout out to the Biltmore Trader Joe's, but. A woman was in line and she turned around and looked and, you know, we have our masks on. So her <laughs> eyes went big and I saw her looking at something. So I turned around because I'm like, this, what is going on behind me? Then I realized she's looking at my shirt and I will be honest with you, even what is this November six months ago? Yes. Six months ago, I would have felt so embarrassed. I would have probably come straight in the house and taken that shirt off and threw it in the way, way back of my closet if I didn't throw it away. Now, a shirt that I bought because as soon as I saw it, I said, hey, that's me. <laughs> like, I love this shirt. It makes me happy. So I wear what I want. And, and as I told that wonderful, wonderful little old lady in Trader Joe's. If this is too much for you to take in, then please feel free to avert your gaze. Like, I couldn't even believe I said that. Oh, wow. Like, if you don't like looking at all of this chocolate, this is too much hot <laughs> chocolate for you, then, then please, by all means, turn around and focus on your scanned groceries or whatever, you know? So <laughs> my personal style is beginning to reflect the freedom that I feel emotionally. So, mm -hmm. and it was off the shoulder too. It's one of those off the shoulder shirts. Oh. So shoulder makes everything just, ooh, you know, like sassy when you got a little shoulder showing. So, <laughs> so I went shoulders out and thighs, <laughs> extra thunderous to vote <laughs> this year. Feast your eyes on this. <laughs> April, that paints a glorious picture. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say prompted that change? Has the Black Lives Matter movement changed how you feel about yourself? Yes. So as the entire world knows, this summer was explosive in so many ways here in the United States that was felt globally. And something woke up inside of me. I said, I am done making people feel comfortable. I am for the first time in my life at almost 43 years of age, knowing and experiencing and living life fully as an unapologetic black woman. I have spent my entire life feeling as if I needed to apologize for being black and being in places, being aware of the fact that I am the only black person there, many times the only and one of the few women in these boardrooms, in restaurants, in the stores that used to bother me. And now I'm so proud. I am so proud to be me. And part of being me is also being a black woman. It's it's one part of me that does not define all that I am, but it is a huge part of who I am. And I'm celebrating that for the first time ever. 
when people say, you know, Black Lives Matter, yes, all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. But when you address a problem, like even if we go back to looking at our body, if I have an ankle that I sprained, am I going to say, well, we got to look at both ankles because all ankles matter, right? No, but when you fix that ankle, I can walk taller. I can now go on my runs. I can ride my bike. I'm no longer in pain. I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling better. So, so it is just not that somehow Black lives are superior. Right now, there is a wave that's happening. And if you're smart, you will ride this wave. Like there is a freedom, like get on this freedom wave. Like we're about to ride it, you know, all of us that you can be free to be yourself and surround yourself with people who love that about you, who celebrate you coming out of whatever turtle shell, closet, under the rock that you've been hiding, you know, be free. There is a freedom that is abound. And that really is what I feel. I, I feel free to be everything that makes up April for the first time in my life. And in turn, this freedom allows me to have conversations like this or conversations with other people that I meet. So there's so much growth and bounty that is being harvested right now and will continue to be harvested from something that, again, yes, respectfully, it was devastating, but it is also so much life that's coming from you know, 2020, like 2020 is hands down the best year of my life. Before that, it was 1999, not just because there's a song after it, but that was a good <laughs> year for me. I was young. I had just gotten done with college. Like I was, <laughs> I just started wearing dresses and high heels. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. If you ask me what was my prime time best year, I would say 1999. Now it is 2020 because out of this muck and, you know, what do they say, a rose in the concrete. I mean, there has just <laughs> been so many beautiful things that, that are happening this year and will continue. Like this is just the beginning of what is gonna continue to happen, so. That is such a profoundly powerful message and that freedom wave and being unapologetically who we are, whoever that might be. You can't really yeah. do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think we can all do to be part of the solution, to become a truly anti-racist society, to become less hateful, less fearful, more joyful? Boy, you asked some really good questions here. So, of course, you want to live your life ideally treating people how you want to be treated. Every single day that you wake up, make a conscious effort to be better than the version that you were yesterday. And the great part about that is if you only have yesterday to be better than and you're not thinking about how great things used to be, then you didn't fail. You succeeded. As long as you did one thing, that's better. And be a friend to yourself. That is the biggest game changer, I would say, in this whole self-discovery journey for me. 
Another thing is, if you see something that is not right, speak up in your own way. I don't mean get in anybody's face or <laughs> things like that, but speak up in your own way. The same as if you see something great, speak up. Compliments are free. Smiles are free. Living in a place of gratitude is free. I'm unapologetically a lot of things. I, I do something called a power statement when I first wake up. It's actually pretty cool. It's like a built-in huddle and like a hype session all, you know, wrapped into one. And, and I speak life into my day and I let worry, doubt, and fear know that they have no place in my world. And I open my arms to peace and love and being unapologetically free. So I have this part that I am unapologetically Black. I am unapologetically a woman. I am unapologetically unbothered. And do you see how my head's moving? Because that's what I do when I'm saying it. Like, I'm unapologetically unbothered. I am unapologetically free. That is what I do each day. I committed to say it, even though sometimes I'm like, that's right. And other times I'm like, mm, <laughs> whatever. But I committed to myself to say it. I can't speak highly enough about the impact that you have on the world that really starts with you. You know, like I, I smile all the time. Why? Because I come out and rose aromas hit me because I have rose bushes along the front and all sides of my house. When you really surround yourself with joy and things that make you smile to look at them, then it spills over into the world. Like it really does. If you're in corporate, get that cubicle to the point where, like I <laughs> I had pictures that were just at beautiful places and I would sometimes swivel around in my chair and look on one of my office walls and just pretend that I was there. If you need to have the essential oils, if you need your crystals, as one of my employees had, she would have her crystals. And I knew if I smelled, you know, jasmine or lavender, uh-oh, let me go and check on her. <laughs> you know, make the best of your surroundings, especially since you're at work more waking hours than you're anyplace else. So surround yourself with things that make you happy. And when you are surrounded by things that you can stare at all day that make you happy, make you feel good, that smell good, whatever it is you need, deck out your cubicle, deck out your office, step away if you can, go work outside, change up your scenery. But it is so important that you maintain an enjoyable environment. You owe it to yourself. Absolutely. Surround yourself with joy and it spills out into the world. So, so we've reached the finale, the final round, and we have some quick fire questions to finish the show. All right. I'm ready. Rapid fire round. Let's go. So what's your most treasured possession? And of course, no judgment. <laughs> my most treasured possession is my mother's coffee cup. I grew up watching her drink out of this little coffee cup that seemed so huge at the time as a child. I busted out every year on her birthday and drink a cup of coffee in her honor. It's in the will. Like that, that's a family heirloom. So the coffee cup is in my will. She gave it to me before she passed away. 
<laughs> and it's mine to be <laughs> to my heirs for many years to come. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love I'm it. I love it. <laughs> and what's your favorite article of clothing or accessory in your current wardrobe? My flip-flops. I'm telling you, those Tory Burch flip-flops, they sit by the door. And I put them on to go cut my roses. I put them on to run and get the mail, to run errands. Yeah, I, I really love those flip-flops. They just make me so happy. They're teal. Teal is one of my favorite colors. And they have a little gold hanging thing on there and it just makes me smile. When I saw them, I said, oh, these are cute. I like them. So yeah, my flip-flops <laughs> are my favorite article of clothing. Wow. I've I've got like I've got like six hundred dollar shoes in my closet and <laughs> But they're designer flip-flops. Yeah. They're posh as you all would say posh flip-flops. Yes. Properly yeah. posh. Flip-flops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're not these just foam commoner <laughs> flip-flops. But I mean, they just, they really make me happy. And I like the noise that they make. I feel like Blanche Devereaux on the Golden Girls when she would walk around, click, 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 click. Like, that's how I feel. when <laughs> I, I feel like Blanche Devereaux when I have those flip-flops on. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and where do you go to get inspired? My bedroom, actually. Because I only go into my bedroom to sleep and get dressed, I view it as a very still and and quiet place. So I have a a little reading nook that's set up in the corner that if I need to take a call, I need to be in a place that I don't have any distractions at all, I go into my room. Or when I'm meditating, I meditate in my room or on my side garden patio. When it's not too hot or too cold, those are the two places. Perfect. Goldilocks temperature. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what's one book or resource you'd recommend for everyone? Oh, man. So I'm staring at my bookcase right now. And I have everything from a trashy, again, no judgment, James Patterson novel (laughs) all the way to quantum physics. So that's a no-go. But (laughs) the one thing, journals, I think that It is so important to get your feelings out. If you can't express it to a person, you don't have the words, just journal. Journals are the perfect confidant. You don't ever have to worry about them telling your secrets. They can look however you want them to look. (laughs) You can have different journals for different, or maybe it's just me, but for different emotions and different (laughs) journalings. A journal is definitely a must have for everyone. I highly, highly recommend that people just get a journal and just start writing. There's no right or or wrong way to use your journal. It's yours. So if you have tabs, if you have post-its, if you need different journals, if you need a big journal, ones with lines. Some people don't like the ones with lines. I like lines. I highlight in mine. As you can see, it's got <laughs> it's got post-it tabs. Like, <laughs> do you? It's you know, but get your journal. You, you don't have to keep things bottled up. And start to express yourself, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Just express yourself. It's okay. Be free. Love it. Be free, do you, in a journal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And here's a very KonMari question for you. What are you grateful for? Oh, I am so grateful for my life. What I love most about my life is that every day 
I get to wake up and it's a do-over. I get the opportunity at another shot to be a better version of April than I was the day before. Again, no scoreboard watching, no keeping tally. I just wake up each day and see it as an opportunity. And that's what brings me joy. I consciously seek out things that make me happy and make me smile. Every day brings its own exciting opportunities. And finally, what do you love most about life? Wow. (laughs) I am gobsmacked over here. What I love most about life is having a sound mind. I spent so many years behaving in a way, living life in a way, failing to live in a way as a servant of my emotions, my insecurities, my feelings of inadequacy, any hurt, any pain. I just heaped it all on. It can truly cause a lot of doubt and uncertainty. And I no longer have that. I have the power that I am what's valuable. So I'm most thankful for having, having a clear and a sound mind. Well, April, thank you so much. It's been an immense pleasure having you on the show, chatting about joy, inventories, self-care, being unapologetically who we are. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you. Well, hope you enjoyed that chat with entrepreneur April Thatch. Be sure to check out the full episode page to see that photo of April influencer posing on a tabletop. Oh yes, we're talking all the joy. So here's some key takeaways from our conversation. If you struggle to establish balance and boundaries in your life, joy inventories are for you. Just because you can do something, that doesn't mean you should do it. First, ask yourself, do I have to do it? Do I need to do it? And do I want to do it? Depending on your answers to those questions, exercise your right to say no. There's always time for self-care. And self-care is not selfish. Taking time for yourself each day means you are a better employee, friend, parent, and a happier and more productive person. And remember, ride that 2020 freedom wave and embrace who you are and who you want to be. Be unapologetically you. That's our show then. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Alexandria and this is Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to Also in Pink wherever you get your podcasts. And the absolute best way to show your support is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. This really helps more than anything to promote the show. And of course, tell all your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life.